here we are today in Rishon L'Cheshpan Avonot, as we know, it says, emphasizing the first day. So Chazal, our Medayik, what do you mean by Yom HaRishon? Um, it's, it's the 15th day of, of, of Tishrei. So Chazal say, Rishon L'Cheshpan Avonot, the first day that the Averis start counting uh, against us. Of course, the question obviously is, I don't know if, I hope none of us have been over, but there's definitely been opportunities to make a cheshbon, right, since last night and during uh, the days leading up to uh, uh, Sukkot. So there's two popular answers. One answer that I think the Meshavur quotes is that, well, you're so busy in doing mitzvot, you're so busy doing mitzvahs that you probably don't have time. So therefore, probably most people... There are osik and mitzvahs during this time, of course. You know, it's doing parnasa with the family or going out to get your lulav and esrig, building your sukkah, uh, and other things. So that's why the Averis only start counting on sukkot. The maril says an interesting thing. And again, you assume the maril's kabbalah was from someplace. The maril says that there's a special matana that Rabbi Shalom gives us these couple of days that he doesn't count the Averis. I don't know what that means. I don't mean, it doesn't mean you can do Ritzicha now. It doesn't mean you could actually do. But there's something about the fact that these are special days of Kedusha where the Averis don't register. You don't have the, the, the ledger, uh, these couple of days. So it's a really a very special day, uh, a very special, uh, Tkufa. And maybe we're able to even, it's true, we're going to be Isaac and Mitzvahs. I, I figured next week there isn't going to be, um, a shear because it's already, first of all, it's Chalamoy, I don't know if you're working, and secondly, we wouldn't be able to eat food outside of the sukkah. I mean, we could eat Achilas Haroi, we could eat Pachos Me'ashir. I think that would be not this. Oh, they do? Yeah. I mean, not, not, not that I was encouraging the thing. We might do it. All right, then I don't know. Call upon him to go upstairs to the sukkah. I think it, the sukkah's up on the on the fourth floor. Nature. Okay. Yeah, they, don't, they don't have a conference front and an owl in it. Though. Right. Yeah. So that would be different. So the day after, you can eat and just not have the share. That's also <laughs> okay. I'll come. We'll make it like a simchas beis hashem. It's the day after Yom Kippur. Really should behave well, yourself. Well, uh, By the way, I want to tell you. I want to tell you that there are people who listen to this program, so to speak. Uh, uh, throughout America, you know, as, as long as I can get your email, I'm going to be sending you the link. Um, and there is somebody who lives in Florida who's been listening to the shiur, and he says, you've got a real crew in that IDT place. You know, he says, it's like a real cast of characters. Like every, I, I think they already know some of the people. So I said, yeah, I said, we try. We're glad you appreciate our humor. Yeah, so I'll go upon him. So today I'm dedicating it really, and again, I know it sounds like, like I'm in fourth grade, but really to my best friend who died ten years ago. Um, he really was my best friend. Uh, Rabbi Yenison ben Yom Akoyen, uh, Avram. He was known as Johnny Abraham. Johnny Abram. Uh, some people called him Johnny Abrahams, um, the, but his real name was Johnny Abraham. Yenison ben Yom Akoyen, Avram. Uh, if we have time, by the end, I'll show you in YouTube the links where you can see his shiurim. Um, he died Nebuchadnezzar, never married. Um, he died 10 years ago. He would have, he died at the age of, uh, I think he was 47 years old. Um, and 48. He was born in 1959 and he died in 2008. So you do the math. He was about, uh, 40, um, whatever. So unfortunately, um, well, he never was Zoha to be my mitbonim. Um, 
He was a, an incredible head, uh, cousins to a lot of Rebbes, and he was connected to the Spinker Rebbes and others. Uh, he grew up in Borough Park. Um, the people who know him, I used to say that everybody who knew him was part of the steamroller club because they would be willing to throw themselves under a steamroller for him. Every, all his friends loved him to the point that it wasn't just like, oh, yeah, I know that guy. If you were Yonason's friend, you loved him with a passion. And uh, he was not only brilliant, but he was also incredibly prescient and understanding of things. Um, the best schmoozer that probably has ever walked the face of the earth in terms of being able to just talk about almost any subject intelligently and with a way that you ended up enriched after you had the conversation. Extremely thoughtful. Uh, the Chidushe Torah, the very few Chidushe Torah that had been printed from him um, are very well thought out and interesting. Um, I was the Skavrusa in Kail. He was not married, but we were in the Beis of Kail. And when I uh, moved back to New Jersey, uh, he would spend, uh, we would spend time at our house just learning basically all night. And uh, since his death, I don't think I've really had the same type of learning because even when he wasn't with me, and I said this at his Levi, his father asked me, his father's with Nayel Memes now too, or his herb as we called him. Um, when, uh, as I said at the Levaya, since his death, but while he was alive, even though I didn't learn with him, I was always preparing and saying, oh, this is what I'm going to say over to Johnny when I see him. So when I would study something, I'd say, boy, I, I really want to get it right because this way I could present it to him in the best way. He was always with me, even when I wasn't learning with him. Um, and uh, he's been he's been paid already. Yeah. So a call upon him here for 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 Yonason, um, I, I This year marks ten years uh, since he's gone, and um, I have to say again, uh, it was I was devastated uh, by his death, and uh, I don't think I've really recovered hundred percent, just because you know. Uh, you know, uh, I don't want to tell you which bank I'm connected to, but one of my uh, one of my uh, security questions is, "Who's your best friend?" And it's him. <laughs> so the answer is Johnny, Yonason uh, Benyamin Akayim. So he's still, you know, like I said, uh, I, I, I it, rarely do you find a person. <laughs> yeah, rarely um, do you find a person who you feel. Like, it's just a match, and you have a kindred spirit, whatever. It's almost like, you, not just you can finish each other's sentences, but you have the excitement of exploration together. And um, the world, if you can see on YouTube, many of his shiurim, especially about Hasidus, are probably stuff that no one has ever said. Um, really, a, a different type of take about Rav Nachman, a different take about uh, about the Baal Shem Tov. Again, um, I, I encourage you. So it should be in the Ilui He's gone 10 years, and I'm still trying very hard to fill the vacuum. Okay, Sukkot is coming. We've, we've left Yom Kippur. We left Yom Kippur. Uh, today, uh, okay, the title came to me this morning. Hut, two, three, four. Hut, get it? Hut, <laughs> two, three, four. Uh, you can like that, Mark. So basically, the Rekeach's militaristic Zionistic take on why we sit in the Sukkot. Uh, who's the Rikeach, and how could it be really mili- militaristic and Zionistic? This is probably one of the least known shot uh, p- and why we sit in a sukkah. And it, in a way, answers a lot of very difficult questions. So let's get started right away. So let me see here. 
I don't have my mouse, but but I do have other things here. So we'll start a little bit with the Pusik and Nehemiah, shall we? Okay. So here we go. Okay. Okay. Um, let's start with the Pesukim and Nehemiah first. And, and, and these are already downloaded at once. Excuse me. That's a problem. Okay. Okay. So here we go. Uh, this is... The Rishonim, of course, called it Sefer Sefer Ezra, because in the Rishonim, Ezra Nehemiah was one book, right? Uh, it's really through the Christian uh, Bible uh, that the book of Nehemiah becomes another book. Christians like... Christians liked adding books and, and expanding things, right? That's why Samuel becomes Samuel 1 and Samuel 2, right? And Kings 1 and Kings 2. It's all from the Christian Bible. This whole idea of Malachim Aleph, Malachim Beis. We all know, you know, we all know that that's, uh, uh, right. That's one of the, again, parenthetically, one of the big guys in, in the Torah Tamima, you know, one of the, in the Sefer Baruch Shomar, you know, when he wants to talk about uh, why we say Migdol and Magdil, right? Migdol and Magdil. So on Shabbos, what do we say? Right? On Shabbos, we say Migdol. And on a weekday, we say Magdil. So where does that come from? So the, the Rabbar Hempstein had this idea that in the old, old Sidurim that were written by hand, the Pusik was the way it was written, but someone wrote in brackets, Shin Beis. Because, and people thought it meant Shabbos. So people thought it meant that on Shabbos you say Migdol. Because Shin, right? But really, Epstein says, it means Shmuel Beis. Because in Shmuel Beis, it's, the Nikud is Migdol. Whereas in Divrei Ayomim, where David, the same Psukim appear, it's Magdil. So the, it, it wasn't meant to change Shabbos and a weekday. It was just pointing out where the Pusik is. It was, it was a Marimoko. But people thought, oh, Shin Bay, Shabbos. On Shabbos you say it this way, on a weekday you say it a different way. This was a cute chap. You've probably heard it from Rabarach Epstein about why we say Migdo and Magdil. The problem, of course, is, is that, um, at the time of the Rishonim, there was no Shmuel Bays, right? It was only one Zafer. This whole idea of Bays and Aleph comes from when the Bible started to be printed in the Christian world. And when the Bible was printed in the Christian world, and of course we sort of wanted our Bible printed too. So in fact, we had Christians who were printing them. Since we had Christians that were printing them, we sort of, okay, we're not going to argue with you, okay? You know, so uh, even the Prokim, as we know, the Kapitlach, you know, the Kapitlach, we know what a Kapitl is, comes from, you know, from capital. It's the capital letter in the Christian Bible print that this is the next chapter. That's where we get this whole thing, Kapitel. So it's almost like the most Jewish thing in the world. Velche Kapitel, Zuchman. Velche Kapitel. As you know, comes from the word Das Kapital, right? It's the capital of, it's the capital letter in the, in, in, in the, in the non-Jewish printing of the Bible. And that's where you get the chapters. Right? But obviously, as we all know from Suchos and Stumos, that they don't align to the Kapitlach at all. Right? Anyway, just a little point here. So this is Nehemiah. Thank you, uh, whoever it was, John, Johannes Wycliffe, whoever it was who put these Christian Bible together, and etc. But the Sefer Nehemiah is really part of Sefer Ezra. So as we see here that uh, 
everybody came to the Sharamayim. This was a great convocation. This, of course, was the Rosh Hashanah convocation, as you can see. Everybody knows about that. And Ezra read the Torah to everyone. And, um, and everyone knows, of course, the first part of this day, which was on the first day of Rosh Hashanah. And uh, he had all these people with him. And everybody stood up. These are some of the halachas of Kriya Satara who weren't here. But, okay. Um, as we move on. This is where we learn out that you're supposed to translate the Torah, that when they, when Ezra read the Torah, he explained everything. These are a lot of the halachas of Kriya Torah are found from this great convocation from Nehemiah Perakhes. Um, and here's where, once they heard about Rosh Hashanah, he told the people, everybody knows this, uh, Nehemiah was the leader here as far as this, because he, of course, had control of the people. Ezra was the spiritual head, a very great team. Right, this was about Rosh Hashanah, don't cry. Rosh Hashanah is not a time for crying. At least in this time it wasn't, and perhaps it should never be that way, according to their Rizal and others. That you don't really cry, and Rosh Hashanah listen, it normally comes to you. He says, you don't need to cry today. And this is L'chuach HaMashmanim. That's a good uh, uh, note for everybody to go get some food. It's the strength of God. That's the, the glory. The happiness of God is your strength. Okay. That was on the first day, and everybody went. Okay. There's a lot of Mepharshim explain why they were crying, what they were upset about. Um, and again, it might not have been Amos Adin, it might have been the fact all the Averis they had done, um, it could have been other reasons, the Ravichover has a lot of brilliant ideas about why they were crying. But here, as it was, this Rosh Hashanah at least, that first one of the second commonwealth, was the Simcha Gedola. Now, Pasuket Gimel says, Ubiyom Hasheini, they came back on the second day, right? Nesfu Rosh now, maybe it was, wasn't the whole people, the whole populace, but it was quite a few people decided to come back for day two of Rosh Hashanah at that time. It wasn't really the second day of Rosh Hashanah, but it was definitely an important day, and they wanted to be maskil el divrei Torah. As you see, Rashi says there it was the second day of Rosh Hashanah. Again, so question about when they started keeping two days of Rosh Hashanah. Okay. The point, though, is, again, the Nitziv builds a big yisod from here, by the way, that the first day and the second day of Hashanah are very different. That the first day is a day of simcha, and the second day should be a day of fasting and more hitbonenut. Uh, and he actually built it out from this Pasuk. But anyway, on this second day, whether it's Rosh Hashanah or not, they came to hear more. And what did they find in the Torah? Not about Rosh Hashanah, but they found something. They found something that they didn't know about, it sounds like, that there's a holiday called Sukkot, and it's coming up, and you're supposed to do it on the uh, the seventh month. Wow, that's interesting, there's something called Sukkot. And then, Okay, everybody, Sukkot's happening, everybody go to the mountains, and of course, here's another funny thing. 
go get Ali Zayed. That's okay. Those are nice branches. Ali Shemin. But get these Hadas branches too. Get some Ali Smarter, otherwise known as Lovin. Thank you. I appreciate it. Just the, uh, just, just some palatial and rice and some of the eggplant. Yeah. Um, the alpha is almost, in other words, the dollar minute, almost, right? The, the stroke, it doesn't say, it's from three times. But it sounds like we're supposed to get Hadassim, Abu and Arobis. Also, Sukos Kanatu. They could say they were getting it in order to have dollar minute. But actually, the Pusik says they used it for schach. That's clearly what the Pusik's idea was. And there seemed to be an emphasis to use the materials of the Dalad Minim for schach. Okay. Next. And they went out, they found all this great material in the mountains of Eretz Yisrael. People had room on their roofs, in their courtyards. Even in the base of Mitzvah, which is interesting. They had a big secondary, even though it was sort of a community area. Talk about it in a couple of minutes. Right? That was another entrance to get into uh, to the base of Mitzvah. I'm not sure where that is exactly. Okay, so they put Sukkot everywhere. And then the Torah, the Pasuk repeats and says, These were people. We know what the Shri is, right? These are people who had been in captivity, people who had been in Galut, people who hadn't been in Eretz Yisrael, the people returning, Baruch Hashem, to Eretz Yisrael, right? And they came back by the angel of the Now here's the part of the Pasuk, which of course is very difficult. He also be made Yeshua ben Some of the Bible critics and others look at this Pasuk and say, that no one kept Sukkot, right, from the time of Yeshua until today. But he has sin for the Okay. There's ways out of this. Um, you see, this, this passage is very problematic. Again, the discovery of something new is not so problematic. <laughs> Again, for Jews to discover after they've gone through not a holocaust, but a terrible uprooting of their lives and living there. And Hey, I didn't know about that. It, that doesn't bother you as much as the editor saying they didn't make a sukkah, right? That, right? They didn't make from the time of Yeshua ben Nun until that day. Possible that people didn't keep sukkahs? Now, there is no record. Unlike Pesach and other things that we find records of throughout Tanakh, um, mm-hmm. There is very little record of, of, of Sukkot. They do mention the Chag in the time of Shlomo Amelach. They mention the Chag. Uh, and you would assume that was the Chag Sukkos. But, of course, you don't think they built a Sukkot? In other words, the idea of a Chag is mentioned. But the idea of Jews actually living and, 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 and using their Sukkot is not mentioned in Tanakh uh, specifically. So it does rise, the idea... Maybe, even though people had this eight-day holiday, but they didn't really sit for sukkah. Right? And the Bible critics and others would say, okay, that's that's the way it was. That's what just to say, though. How do, how do you... Very good. So, how, do you... how can it be that... All right, so, all right, so that's really that's really what it is. Um, by the way, can you go back to the last passage? 
Is that Kriksiv the way that Yeshua's name is spelled? Oh, good question. Why is Yeshua's name spelled in such a strange way? Right? Right? It's almost like you think it's, uh, you talk about, you know, it sounds like Jesus, right? Yeshua, right? Yeshua, right? Especially with a Tzere. Right. It's not Yehoshua with a Shva, it's Yeshua, right? It could be a Shva, so then, you know, it would, you know, you could work around it. Good question, and the Gemara is going to talk about that. So, good. So that's a good question. So again, what's really, the, the psukim are strange and problematic. We'll get to one second. Oh, or an oh sorry. I, I have it all here. I just sent, I sent myself a bunch of emails this morning. So they made sure to read the Torah every single day of Sukkos. And of course, Shmini was a Shmini Atzera. So this was a beautiful thing in Sefer Nechemia. So again, so let's take a look at what the Gemara uh, uh, tries. The Gemara asks this question about what this Pusik means. And you're going to be surprised by the Gemara's answer. Usually you figure, yeah. So let's see, Gemara Eirachim. A better mouse here. Fine. Okay, this is a problem. Okay, so here's the Gemara Eirachim that asked this question. Everybody, please make it a little bit larger. Hello. Make a little bit larger here. And, and let's see. Okay. Everybody can see fine. Okay. Up a little bit. Boing, 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 boing. It's a very important piece of Gemara. It has one of the most important machloks um, and shas, which has a lot of practical differences today. And you probably have heard about this before. The question of uh, Kedusha Rishana, Kitsha Lashaita, the Kitsha Lasavavo, I like Kitsha Lasavavo. Right? So, we know uh, that Yoshua came into the land and he was Makadish it. Right? It was more the fact that he didn't just take it over, but there was through conquering and through battle and maybe other activities, especially when it comes to the Beis Amikdash. There's a special uh, korbanos and special things that need to be done to be makadesh in the area. The question is, once the Horban occurred, does the Kedusha go away? Once the, the, the Babylonians or the Assyrians destroy the Beis Hamikdash and, and, and drive the Jews off the land, and there are no Jews living there, is there any Kedusha in that land? Okay, Some, so this is Machlokas, whether the Kedusha of Ezra was there, I'm sorry, the Kedusha of Yeshua was there, or did it need to be reestablished again? And there's another question is, well, what about Ezra's Kedusha? Even if you want to say Ezra had to reestablish it, now that we've been in the second Korban, is there still Kedusha there from the time of Ezra? In other words, if there could be Kedusha that could destroy what happened, the Jewish people's entrance into Eretz Yisrael by the first commonwealth, and you want to say what destroyed the Kedusha was the fact that they weren't living there, and there's no people actually involved in living and, and functioning. The Kedusha is all tied to the human beings that were meant to be there. So, L'chorah, the same Svarah should hold, that when 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 the Romans destroy the second base of Mikdash and drive us out, the Kedusha should be gone. Okay? And then, is there a difference between the Kedusha of the land and the Kedusha of the place of the Mikdash? So all these things are very important issues, especially about going into the Harabayas and sticking your finger into the, into the wall, the, to the, um, the, by the cracks by the Kotel, by the Kotel, or going, and like, this is all this debate. So this is one of the Gemaras about Kedusha, Rishon, and Kedusha, Rishon, and Kedusha, as well. Let's take a look. 
I hope, I hope it's picking it up. Uh, okay. Let's take a look. Well, it says, uh, This is supposed to find which is why this is an Erechim, has a Kedusha. In other words, the wall's not here, but when Yeshua came in, it did. So therefore, it still has the din of a city with a wall around it and with special laws. Okay? My time in the Mandamar Kedusha, Rishona Kitsha was Shaita, the low kitchen was in Lovo, but there's some who disagree. Ravazah Brebiosi says that whatever Yoshua did, and whatever types of aspects of Kedusha were inserted into the land, even though the physical reality changes, the walls aren't there anymore, but the status is the same. But that's the debate. Rebelezer Brebiosi holds that. But what about the other opinion? The other opinion says that whatever Ezra, whatever Yeshua did basically gets canceled when the Jews leave and when destruction occurs. Where's the proof? So, take a look. The proof is from the Pasuk in Nehemiah. How can it be, how can that Pasuk say that there was no circles? Who knows, everything was the Wild West. But you think David HaMelech, who, right, it was already there. You don't think David HaMelech would institute it, that people should be sitting in a sofa? How is that possible? mean like a simple shot. The Torah is, it, it, it's like, it's like a, it's, it's almost like a Pusik that's a little bit, um, uh, got its, uh, it's a Pusik whose concentration has been shifted to a different topic. Right? They made Sukkos. And not by another, by the way, they did something else. Let's take a look at the word of the Pusik again. The word of the Pusik again. But what does they also mean? They didn't do what they've done since the time of Yeshua, which is to be Makadish the land again. In other words, they had, they, in Yeshua's time, they had to do Kedusha Saharitz, so they did it again. Because you can't learn the Pshad is they didn't make a Sukkah, because of course, there was Sukkahs through the whole time of Bayez Rishon, especially of David HaMelech, of course they had a Sukkah. But this Pasik, this strange Pasik is telling you that Yoshua did, Ezra did what they did in the time of Yoshua. Just like in the time of Yoshua, they had to say, we're starting from now. There's going to be Yovel, and with Yovel, each, 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 each,
Does it mean that you're going to own it with an inheritance? That's why we are the inheritors, because we sort of are the ones who are going to own it from the beginning again. Just like the original uh, generations came, and now we have it, and we can pass this on, when Ezra and Nehemiah come to Eretz Yisrael, they become like the original owners again, which means they have to start it over. Okay. But Chizr's Kolat Farah Now the question is, all right, what about the lesser version of the first opinion that says that the Kedusha stayed? Right? Again, and, and, listen, one of the difficulties in learning Gemara is that you have to know Gemara's language and the way Gemara asks the question. that the whole words of the Pasuk do not mean they didn't really, it doesn't really mean they build a sukkah. <laughs> sukkah is only a metaphor. Right? What is sukkah a metaphor? Sukkah is a metaphor uh, like Rashi says here, love sukkah's Sukkah is a metaphor in that Pasuk in the metaphor? <laughs> because we know sukkah protects us. In a way we're with God, with the sukkah it's, it's sort of being together with God in a way. What's, especially coming after Yom Kippur, we know the best way to be close to God is if that Yetzirah, like we, it was, it was, it was in sleep mode yesterday, we hope, right? The, at least I thought it was, right? So the Yetzirah was in sleep mode. So if we can get rid of some part of the Yetzirah, so that's a protection from ourselves, and that's like a sukkah, that we're sitting in a sukkah, that we're making the sukkah Meaning that we are free from the Yitzhar. What what does that mean? It's not get rid of the Yitzhar. Turn the Yitzhar to be good. Okay, but but unfortunately, that's not what happened here. What here, what they did was they were mavato the Yitzhar for Avodah Zarah, and we talked about that here in this class. What that meant. 
meaning they no longer desire the super spirituality and they want to do their own image. And I, I, we know, of course, the famous remarks of Henry in the time of, of Menashe would have been running after Avodazara like everybody else because people who lived in the time of the Yitzhar of Avodazara just like we know the Yitzhar of Arias unfortunately all over the place, right? And then you also have the Yitzhar of the in their time the Yitzhar of Avodazara was just even stronger which of course as Rakuk and others have said they then in some ways were spiritual people because they wanted something from beyond to them everything was the dedicated to this power that they believe in, right? The power of something beyond them, the power of something greater than them, the power of something fantastic, that, it, that, that those kochos are really here, and, and, and you woke up with that, and you wanted to do what you could to be connected to that, and you, were, you couldn't stop thinking about it. What can I do? What talisman can I use to bring down some of those powers here? So that Yetzirah, as we know in the time of Ezra, and the Achek Nesavdoah that are mentioned in that parish, they, what they did was, they destroyed the Mabakalit, and maybe it's like you're saying, you'll see that they, they, they transmuted it. A cook says not. But they, they definitely weakened it to the point that it was no longer there. So that's what it means, they made a sukkah. <laughs> they made sukkahs meant that they actually were now in a more protected spiritual state. Coming, it's coming, it's coming. Okay, so the bear from Israel and everybody else has a tremendous to the Bene because they decided to get rid of that that very aggressive spiritual desire for the betterment of humanity, and it's not, and it's become completely weak. Good. You know, the Gemara says they tried to get rid of the Yitzhar of Arias as well, and everybody, you know, became just monastic, and, and the world would stop. But the point is, that was a sluice for them. And that's what it means, a sukkah was made, the Navi is putting a stamp of approval about this state. And they didn't do anything like this from the time of Yoshua, which means what? Which means, take a look at Rashi, It's not saying they didn't. The pasuk is saying that this was the first time it was ever done, and and they didn't do it when they could have done it even in the time of Yahushua. So really, you have a bunch of people when they uh, throughout the whole history of Bais Rishon, they had the power to destroy this but we single out Yehoshua specifically and we single him out in a negative way. We write his name without that hey, without that power. He's not called Hosea there, but we, 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 we sort of, we, we, we speak about him in his nickname. We, t- we, we, we speak about him like he's in his short pants. Like we don't call him Yehoshua the leader because it was something he should have done. Moshe couldn't have done it. Moshe, maybe before he died, should have perhaps begged God to take away the Yitzhar of but he couldn't. But Yoshua, who actually was in Eretz Yisrael, he could have done that. Why didn't he try to stop it? So, 
that's what the Pusik means, although, right, that this was the first time they've done it, something they should have done in the time of Yeshua, and the Pusik and the Chem is giving an elbow into Yeshua's lower process and saying, this kid, why didn't he do it? Yeshua could have done it, it was really a great time, and because of that, we suffered through Avodah Zarah through the whole time uh, by Hashem. Hashem, they came. So we were allowed to close on, on Yeshua. Yes, sir. And by, by that, taking out the day of his name. Yes. Which we're referring to as the Lashem Tanakh. Right? So he said, so he's not even, he's not even someone who saves others, like Yehoshua, but he's Yeshua. He's someone who maybe gets saved. He's sort of like a, uh, like I said, in short pants. He's still the, he's still the kid on the block who didn't know what he, he, look what he could have done. He was an Eretz Yisrael. Why didn't he do it? So this is the Gemara Erechim. Where's Shach? Basically not here, right? Basically, so you can see the frustration. So, right? None of these two Mahalchim take the Pusik at all in any literal sense. So here is where the Rakeach steps in. Now let's check that out. Hey, very good, Mark. I got it. Me and Mark know each other's puns. Okay. Someday you will too. Okay. So here's okay. Uh, uh, okay. I'm not sure if it's an albone or a pesha. I can't tell with a, a bad pun. Puntative damages, right? <laughs> okay. So here is here is the Rokeach. Um, now the Rokeach lived. Um, uh, he, he was born in 1160, not 1260, about 1250. So he, he was really um, quite early, and he is from uh, as we call it Chasidei Ashkenaz. And normally, when you look at the Rokeach, which is incredible, say Rabbi uh from Germaisa. Um, it's it's one of the most important svarim because it's an it, incredible patchwork of the Muslim and Joshos and Halacha. Um, and I see that when I went on the Eitz site, that people are starting to put out more um, scholarly editions of the book. But the book is really uh, it's one of these svarim that was printed very early in the history of Jewish printing, but it went through a couple hundred years where it was sort of not printed that often. At the time, about 120 years ago, the editor of the Drushes Club Center said, well, since the Rokeach is a very rare book, uh, I decided to quote for you the piece that, uh, uh, about Sukkot. Is that the Rashi? Well, again, what year was he? So I said he was born 1168. Oh, okay. And died. But he was not from your standard Valentesis, the Frenchies who were working on the pilpul of the of, of the Gemara, he was in Germany, and he was part. He was part of the ascetics of Germany. His Rebbe was the famous Rebbe Rachmas, in the famous Rachmasidim. They were they were into, as we know, Gematriot and Osios. They were into Tzurufim. Many people see them as as a, as a parallel mystics to what was going on in, in Provence and in Spain and Girona. This is the couple that we know from from. Uh, Mark and others who were one of the, the last of that. <laughs> the idea of Spheros and everything we know when we talk about Kabbalah is generally from 
the 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 Provolo of Provence, the Provolo of Girona, uh, the, the, like the Ramban and his Talmudim. But there was another Kabbalah, another mystic branch that was connected to Merkava mysticism. That was the Hasidic Ashkenaz. There's, you really have to dig deep to find where the Kabbalah is. So it's unusual. Again, the Rebelezer the, 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 the as he, wasn't he wasn't really known as Rekeach is the name of his book, and the reason is is because um, the gematria of Rekeach is a lozer, so that he, that's why he calls the book Rekeach. I'm sure as a Kabbalist and Makubal, he had other reasons. Um, so a lot of the book is a, a, interesting, as you can see, gematria, as you see come here on the board. Um, this is the part here that um, I want to point out here. And I, I don't know enough about the Sefer to tell you that this is unusual, because uh, I, I did some research about him. Supposedly he wasn't, you know, he knew a lot about the sciences of his time. He was a very well-read person. He's actually, if you know about his history, he is one of, just like Tzidkiel HaMelech, uh, during the Crusades, he saw his children um, killed in front of him, his wife and two daughters killed in front of him by the crusaders uh, in and um, he was himself very uh, hurt his son was wounded uh, severe brain damage and he writes about that in the Kinnis and other things that he went through so he's a person who's, who not only lived through terrible golas and, and terrible korbanas and yet he was able to provide again to be very prolific and to write this extremely important work on, it's a sort of a Musr halacha work, and if you have a chance, it's really worthwhile looking at it. But let's take a look here. Besukas, take a look That's the Sukkos that we're talking about. Again, his Girsa, as everybody knows, is different than the Gemara. It's Rebbe Lazar, Rebbe Kiva, reversed. Um, Rebbe Lazar, Sukkos, Mamashoya. We're traveling to that city called Sukkos with the Sukkos. That's the simple shot, right? Now, of course, the question that most people should have is, what's the big deal that they were traveling in a, in a, in a booth that they built? Right? What does it mean God put them in that Sukkos? God... God, it was, again, if you hold them as sukkos manush, you hold that they were actual physical sukkos, it's so important to know that we live in this booth. Okay, yes, there's no miracle involved. We built it. The miracle was going on outside of the booth. That there was this cloud that's protecting them. In fact, one could ask, who needed a sukkah anyway? If you had a cloud, the cloud would do everything, right? Super air conditioning and everything like that. I'm arguing with my tenant now. My tenants, we have it at 72 degrees. They're down in the basement. They said they're hot. I don't know why. But everybody says it was 72 degrees. That's the perfect, that was the perfect weather. And it was, uh, perfect protection. That's what it's like. They didn't even really need the booth. Anyway, so what does that mean? What? Okay, when you're a landlord, you're gonna keep it at 72. So anyway, especially since you're not even living in that part of the house where you have to have the unit. Anyway, okay. 
Well, yeah, <laughs> not that kind of thing. Anyway, so what's the shot? Meaning, even though it's all, listen to this, guys. So even though it's in Sefer Vayikra, way before the Milcham of Og, way before Klau Yisrael starts becoming battle people, right? The Pasuk is referring to the future. The Pasuk, even though it's written in Sefer Vayikra, is referring to the events that are going to happen at the end of the, of the 40th year when we battled Og, and when we got into Eretz Yisrael, what's it mean? That Here's, that's what our good friend Uriachiti said to Dovin Amelach. Uriachiti said to Dovin, you expect me to go home and sleep with Batsheva? Look what's happening. We're in the middle of a battle. The Aron, Yisrael, and Yehuda are, are in a sukkah. A sukkah? What do you mean they're in a sukkah? Because sukkah, it doesn't mean a hut. It's hut two, three, four. Sukkah is the barracks. Sukkah is the bivouac. I don't know what it's called exactly. Sukkah is those tents that the soldiers are in. The sukkah, keep a sukkah so shafti is, that's where, that's that place where the, the, those are the barracks, the, the temporary campments where you're, where you're, where you're ready at a moment's notice to spring out of bed and go fight the, the enemy. That's the sukkah that we were in. Okay. That's where Klal Yisrael, at least the, the, the soldiers were there. Oh, it's Yeshu Sofa Sukkahs. Same way that was against Amon, and the same way Uriah was saying, hey, we're in battle now. We're in sukkah mode. Sukkah mode, Uriah knew and Dovin knew meant we're in battle mode. We're, we're soldiers. You don't expect me to, to, to take this weekend path, whatever Batsheva's, the allure of Batsheva is. That's when we were in a sukkah. Not we, but our boys in blue, right? Or whatever it was. Our boys in gray, our boys in linen. Whatever it was, however it was, it was our guys. It wasn't the women, it wasn't the children. You know who was in the sukkah? Our agents of battle, the 20 to 60, the fighters. They were in those sukkah, our guys. Right. The And there it's talking about the battle against the old. It says, that it's 40 years later, and it says, and Moshe the Great Throne gave it to old when they left Mitzrayim. What do you mean when they left Mitzrayim? It was 40 years later. So he says, well, you know what? Really, those days, they were sittering for 40 years waiting for Moshe to come. So it was really like they were almost dead for 40 years because they were so scared. Oh no. So Rakeach is saying, Yitzhiyah's Mitzrayim isn't just the event of leaving, of going out of, uh, of there. It's the whole, it's the whole 40 years. And the more than that, it's the 40 to 54 years. 40 years in the desert. 
and 14 years of battle, that's all called Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim. That's Betsaisim and Mitzrayim. We're not, we didn't leave Mitzrayim, we're still leaving till we get our land. And it's not, it's not that the Midbar is great, it's the total opposite. Of, of, of the usual understanding of Sukkot. Usually it's like it's the Midbar, the Nisim of the Midbar, we're in the desert, God's over us. No. We're supposed to be thinking about how we, with, we fought. It wasn't even true. God was with us. If it wouldn't be for the, for the Aram and everything else, we would have lost all those battles. But we were still out there fighting. And that's why it says, We need to know the reason we are in. Should I finish on this? It's almost. Let me just finish this point. I'm sorry. Um, that we have to know that it's not because it's not because we're the Bnei Avram Yitzchak that we're in Eretz Yisrael, which is really, which is great to know that, right? We're not just there because Avram Yitzchak are our grandparents and we got it from them. That's not good enough. It's not our school to Eretz Yisrael can't just be. That we, it's in our bloodline and it was given to our daddy. And we're coming back to get it. No, we fought for it with God, but we fought for it. And we gave you to It's important to know that our came from a battle and we, and we, and we were engaged in it. Our agents, our soldiers were engaged in that battle as our representatives and we earned it through that. Right? And that's, that's what it says in the In other words, we want to say that since the time of the original idea of Sukkos, which was when? Yehoshua. Yehoshua was the embodiment, almost the opposite of the Gemara actually the symbol of what Sukkot is about. Yoshua in those 14 years as a general and a leader, that's what Sukkot is. And that's why we always give Yoshua Sukkot by, by uh, as he says here as well, by um, by the um, Megillus Esther as well. We always say, Mimos Yoshua Benun. Well, I'm going to name Moshe. Because Moshe was only Yeshua Benun, because he's the guy who did it. What? Amalek 40 years earlier, but he's going to be the symbol of the fight. <laughs> right. He should have done. So that's what my It's not just 
we're Zionists, we have our land, it's to fulfill the mitzvahs, right? That's what it's for. Gerim Betoshim Atemi Modi is during the battle. Gerim Betoshim Atemi Modi. We were out. We, we didn't have our security. We were fighting, but God was with us. Atemi Modi. God was fighting with us. It wasn't like it was uh, in the Midbar where God was just smashing everybody. We sent our soldiers. True, we had God with us. You're with, you're with us and me together. And that was what it was like. We knew God was with us, but it was still a battle. So now, I'm going to give you the answer to us right now. Um, in a way, Yoshua, what it means like this. Yoshua stands for Sukkot. Well, also came me may Yoshua ben Nun. Yoshua ben Nun stands for what Sukkot is. Why was Ezra's the best? Not because Ezra was a battler. He wasn't. The reason why Ezra was great is because and all the other Malachim, they were rich. They had homes. They had places to live, places to make the circle. In Ezra's time, they weren't battling, but they weren't a home. What sort of circle do they have? A big, long, narrow circle. they weren't in battle at that time, but they basically, everyone had to be together in a narrow place. It brings the Gemara, but I have my own interpretation. So basically, this is the, as I said, a a whole different approach. With this approach, we also understand, like some Sefer says, why women are part of the Sukkah, right? In other words, women are part of because they weren't part of the Muhammad. Even though Afe Ayyavos and Es normally would have said women were part of the Nes, they also would have benefited, right? Overrides my brother. What? Overrides my brother. But here it doesn't because they weren't part of the battle, they weren't part of the fight. All right, that's the Rukaya. I hope it gives, it gives you something. As I said, it's one of the more unknown interpretations from the Rukaya. Okay. So the young people in the world. Fine. <laughs> so we get to, 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 to find this also. The same.